podcast talking all things health technology and NHS IT. Welcome to Digital Health Unplugged. everyone and welcome to the latest edition of Digital Health Unplugged. My name is Hannah Crouch and I'm the editor at Digital Health. In a slight change to the usual routine, I will be your host for today's episode and it is a welcome return for the news team debrief. For those who are new to the Unplugged podcast or you have simply forgotten, this format takes the shape of a discussion between the Digital Health news team on a couple of topics that have caught our eye. Now it has been a while since we had a news team debrief and there has been a change to our lineup. While myself and John Hoeksma, who's Digital Health CEO and Editor-in-Chief, are still here, we are now joined by junior reporter Jordan Soloff, who has been hosting the podcast since it relaunched in February. Jordan, are you looking forward to your first news team podcast? Of course, yeah, I've very much enjoyed hosting the first few episodes, but this is the first one, us three together, so yeah, excited. Very, very glad to hear it, and obviously I'm sure you're going to be full of all all of the insightful things um so yeah looking forward to, we'll to doing doing the first debrief with you as well right okay i think that's enough small talk so let's get on to the topics we're going to be discussing today and that is electronic patient records or eprs and what the next steps are going to be so let's start with a little bit of context health secretary sajid javid has said he wants 90 percent of nhs trusts to have an epi in place by december 2023 and for the remaining 10 percent to be in the process of implementing one after statistics showed that one in five nhs trusts do not have the technology around the same time as javid set this target local nhs leaders were also being told to draw up plans to level up and converge eprs across integrated care system boundaries then a piece recently penned by our very own John Hoeksma has suggested that 25 of the least digitally mature NHS trusts are to be prioritised for future investment in electronic patient records, as trusts are expected to be at HIMSS level five stage. So, John, I'm just going to go to you first. Um, could you explain a little bit more about your piece for those who have not read it yet? And also, what did you make of this new approach? OK, thanks, Hannah. Um, nice to be back on the um, podcast again. And um, thanks for the invitation. Um, so this has been kind of trailed recently. Um, Tim Ferriss at Rewired um, back in March um, confirmed that the priority of kind of investment was going to be um, the least digitally mature trust. So this is part of the leveling up um, agenda. Um, and he gave a fairly kind of terse kind of um, confirmation that that would mean that um, funds will be prioritised to the least digital trust. Um, what the piece is based around is um, some communications which have been um, um, shared within the NHS, which is identifying that W4 groups and um, the first two groups, Group 0 and Group 1, are basically those trusts that either um, don't have an EPR at all or are in the midst of buying one but need some help. Um, and it's those um, two groups who um, we understand um, are going to be the priorities for investment. How much investment that is, we don't know. There hasn't been much new money um, around kind of health IT for a lot. Um, and I don't think anyone would kind of um, would kind of dispute that those that are least kind of digitally mature need some help. Um, but the piece that um, you mentioned asked some questions, particularly around um, are those who are the least digitally mature the best able to actually um, make the types of changes required and buying the software is relatively straightforward 
compared to effectively implementing it. So that that's really the kind of question. There's nothing new in this. If you take a long view of um, NHS IT policies over the past couple of decades, it's an eternal dilemma. Do you help those that are most ready or do you focus on those that are least ready? And um, well, we tend to kind of have a pendulum shift on this every kind of um, six to eight years. And the pendulum seems to have well and truly kind of swung back again um, from where it was um, under the GDE programme. Yeah, I think you're right. Obviously, I don't have as much experience as you kind of can't go back sort of six to eight years. But I think um, we've had kind of the GDE era where it's focused on those who are the most digitally mature. And then you had things like the Aspirant programme, which now then focused on the least digitally mature. And, and it seems to be that they're again shifting back towards the have-nots, which is I think something you talk about in the article. And then I think just from my own kind of understanding, convergence is something that kind of levelling up is something that keeps coming up and up again. And it's not just in healthcare, obviously you've got levelling up apparently across the whole country. From my understanding, that's kind of creating more of a, a unified sort of picture across the NHS in terms of technologies. Is that, my, is that correct, John, or am I making that up? Well, I mean, I think, you know, all, all of this is kind of um, given a kind of health warning that we don't know. Um, so this is kind of best guess and um, interpretation based on information available. I mean, these kind of voguish terms, levelling up, as you say, has been kind of the favourite of this government um, since the last um, general election. And it seems to be applied to pretty much anything um, you could imagine. So it's come to kind of health IT. Um, Convergence is is the new one, and convergence um, I think is probably better kind of term standardization because that certainly seems to be how it's been um, interpreted. Um, and this is the idea that is alongside leveling up and um, targeting resources to the least them um, digitally mature, you also standardize on a um, small number of um, EPR systems, um, and it, it all seems to stem from this kind of um, idea that wouldn't life be easier if everybody used the same system, um, which um, is certainly something that's been attributed to Tim Ferriss, the um, director of digital transformation. And and again, it's a it's a very kind of difficult thesis to argue against. But the trouble is, is the NHS is a much more complex patchwork of different types of um, organizations and an awful lot of legacy, legacy systems. We are not starting from a blank sheet. Um, you know, this is very much kind of a brownfield. So again, lots of questions, you know, at the top level, yep, sounds great, motherhood, apple pie. How you do it though, is fraught with difficulties. I thought um, something that was really interesting from your piece, John, was this kind of, both definitely from my perspective, this new kind of focus on hymns and hymns levels. And we're starting to see a lot of the, the sort of GDE, so the likes of Royal Free, um, and I think Sunderland as well, um, who are now reaching kind of hymns level five, six, seven. And there now seems to be this kind of shift in, in focus towards hymns as kind of this, you know, this marking system for, for digitalization. I know that prior to that, there was the digital maturity thing as index or things like that. Do you think a focus on hymns standards is right, I guess, is my question. Um, wow, you're giving me all the easy ones here, um, Hannah. Yeah. No, I can't, I'll, I'll, John is going to get some hard ones. <laughs> yeah. um, so um, what do I think? I think um, I think having benchmarks are useful. And I think the HIMSS um, MRAM model, which is the electronic medical records um, maturity model, um, 
is something which is kind of recognized. It, it's very, very tailored to a handful of big US suppliers. So um, Epic, Cerner, and all scripts as was, um, are being prime examples. So um, it does it does shift the terms of debate very much in favor of the big US um, EPR suppliers, because if you set a benchmark which is designed around those um, companies' products, guess what? People go out and buy those companies' kind of um, products because that's the, that's the way it's being um, designed. It's not new. I mean, it, it's kind of, again, going back to that kind of idea of um, a pendulum that kind of um, slowly swings backwards and forwards. Um, one of the requirements GDEs and fast followers had was to achieve um, high levels on the, on the HIMS model. Um, and quite a few of them have actually managed to achieve that. Under the kind of period that followed afterwards, there was a, a view that um, that it was a bit too blunt as a tool because um, it only really kind of um, has any kind of descriptive value for hospitals. And um, we are, I understand, in a world of integrated care systems. And in fact, there's a new Health and Social Care Act, um, which um, says it's not all about hospitals. So that, that must be true. Um, so I think it's a useful tool, but you need you need a toolkit of measures and this is useful to a, a point um, for hospitals it has no descriptive value in my opinion um, in community mental health primary care social care and um, by setting it as the kind of um, as the kind of north star um, for kind of digital maturity i fear that we're yet again into another round of um, of acute is the focus for everything and um, everything else is a kind of um, distant kind of um, second. Thanks John. Uh, John I'm not going to put you on the spot but from someone who hasn't kind of you haven't worked you know you've only been with us I think it was you celebrated your six month anniversary I think yesterday um, mm. so for someone who's been with us you know for not that long coming I guess almost like an, from an outsider perspective were you surprised when you see stats that you know that only one in five you know NHS trusts don't have an EPR in place what was your opinion kind of when you first came into the job and and saw how technology you know you assume I what I had is I'm just talking from my own experience I just assumed that the NHS was very digitally advanced as it should be as you know other sectors with things like banking and you know all those types of things that had apps but what was your sort of opinion when you first came in? Pretty much the same yeah I was really surprised to see that that big percentage of trusts not be digitally advanced advanced at all really still kind of working on paper I mean it's unbelievable the world we kind of live in at the moment with 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 technology dominating our lives really you look at the other sectors the other industries yeah again I just assumed with healthcare that we were at a really advanced stage and uh, some trusts are and some areas are but others really aren't so that's why we have kind of those clear health inequalities in England because it's just such different levels of digital maturity. John did you want to add anything? Yeah, um, I think um, just I think this goes back to your previous question about kind of using tools like um, um, the HIMS kind of MRAM kind of measure. And um, so those trusts that are the least digitally mature, I mean, you're talking about kind of the bottom kind of 10% um, or so, um, they, they don't have an absence of digital. They don't have um, mature digital kind of um, systems and services um, as measured by um, the, the kind of hymns kind of um, measure. But that's not to say that they're, they're all kind of using kind of parchment and quill. Um, you know, most organizations have got a mixture of good and bad, and that includes the um, the organizations um, that are currently being kind of identified as the least digitally mature. 
many of those um, will have some really good kind of um, digital stuff um, as well as kind of um, as well as kind of um, things that are kind of missing. And, and similarly, even trusts who have kind of played the game and um, put in sophisticated EPR systems, um, you know, does not mean that across the board um, they are digitally mature. It means that they have carefully been able to kind of um, score um, the right kind of um, marks to meet an exam question. And I think anyone that's kind of done exams um, and it's exam season, lots of kids sitting in exams, um, knows that kind of passing exams is, is a bit of an art. You know how to play the game um, to do it. And I think these types of measures are just the same. Yeah? Um, you, you should not kind of um, mistake um, having a badge for perfection. It is um, you know, a bit like an MOT. Yeah? You, know, you have a car with lots of dents in it and it passes MOT. Doesn't mean it's perfect. Mm, that's a really good point. And I think, I guess the, the the other thing you have to really think about, and it always comes down to, is money. And I suppose um, when I was talking recently to to the team at Royal Free, they said that with their GDE money, they were able to reach you know Hims level six and seven because they had the financial backing behind them. Um, so in terms of you know go, going for those digitally least mature, you have to make sure you get that financial backing that they're given it, you know, over a sustained period of time. Because I guess. Because I think that's something we were all talk, also talking about, John, is, you know, all these various pots of money that are always available. And sometimes the detail can be quite varied about how, you know, how trusts get access to it, what they can use it for. So do you think there also needs to be a sort of a more unified way of sort of giving out money rather than kind of making all these trusts kind of apply for this project, this project, that project? Because that was what I was thinking in terms of what I've been hearing back from from kind of NHSIT teams. Yeah, I mean, something, in fact, um, like a unified tech fund, for instance, which um, was um, only 18 months ago that we um, had the unified tech fund um, that had a flurry of activity. It was meant to achieve just that, was rather than there being sort of um, penny packets of um, of kind of money around, it was not pennies, but, you know, um, we, we cover the sector. And it is, it, for a while, it was getting bewildering how many different funds and how much um, uh, was happening Sony has felt recently that it's been very piecemeal that, um, you know, you've had the digital aspirant fund, the digital aspirant plus fund, um, you've had unified tech fund. Um, and um, I, I think it does feel that's been a little bit kind of um, piecemeal, um, a lot of it kind of very tactical. Um, and um, I think, you know, everyone's had a lick of money, but um, has that kind of um, has that kind of um, enabled things like putting EPMA across the board in to happen? Has it kind of really kind of um, moved things along? I think, you know, overall, year on year, the NHS is becoming more digitally mature. More organisations have um, mature kind of um, EPR um, foundations in place. And, and remember that EPRs are not the kind of, um, you know, the, the end point. It, it's, a, it's an important foundation um, layer to get in place so you can start to do interesting things. I mean, in many ways, the hard work really begins um, once you have an EPR um, and you start optimizing it, you start looking at your workflows, because um, that that's the real challenge. And it's interesting you give the example of Royal Free kind of um, Hannah, because you know they're they're an example of an organization that's been at it a while. Um, you know, they they did not get to him six and seven overnight. I mean, that's a journey of ten years. Um, since they first got Cerner and they've been kind of plugging away at it. 
um, okay, they, they've merged with some um, sort of um, neighbors since then. Um, but I think going back to your original question about kind of, um, you know, um, timescales on this, I think we've got some completely nutty timetables that no one believes in. It's, you know, the idea that um, a whole group of trusts are going to suddenly go from um, zero to hero on digital maturity um, by, what is it, next um, autumn, um, it's nonsense. Yeah? And everyone knows it's nonsense. And yet everyone wants a slice of a bit of money of it coming around. So we all kind of nod along and, um, and pretend that it's kind of um, going to happen. Yeah, that's going to be my next question, actually, about, you know, it's December 2023 that it wants 90 percent of them, 90 percent of trusts to be have an EPR in place. But like, like I said, we, I, we've been talking about targets, you know, for ages. There was paperless. I can't remember what year it eventually was. Was it paperless 2023 or paperless 2025? And they're just always a, a number banded about. But I think the December one seems very near for me. And I think. Like you said, maybe, John, it's just to maybe get the ball rolling. And, you know, you said things start with an EPR and see where that leads. So maybe that's what they're hoping to do. And I guess it's also just to make headlines, which is, of course, what we do is what the, the game that we're in. But I definitely want to keep an eye on that um, on that 2023 figure, because it will be interesting to see, you know, what the figures actually are eventually. Um, and uh, whether Sajid Javid, if he's still in the job then, um, will kind of extend that to 2024 and beyond. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a definitely an interested target to set. Um, kind of looking away from the the least digitally mature, and we've had kind of things like aspirant programs, um, like you mentioned, John, which features well, which kind of primarily focuses sorry on the least digitally mature do you think we're now moving away from the it's like a I'm calling it a post GDE era do you think we're now um, focus is now going to focus away on those that have now kind of reached those lofty levels of hymns level six and seven I guess is my next question I think I kind of um, you know alluded to that in the previous kind of answer that I think um, the, the if you go back six years um, to the WAFTA review which I still think is one of the landmark kind of um kind of um, reports on nhs it why the kind of um um within that kind of report um you know identifies that the the key kind of challenge remains productivity so um how you actually kind of translate um investments in um it um in healthcare to the kinds of productivity gains which um are needed to actually make a dent in rising kind of health inflation, um, to improve outcomes, um, um, reduce kind of um, variations um, in quality of, of care. And all of that is um, what you get into once you've actually done the baseline kind of um, automation and digitization. It's, it's changing the nature of the work itself. Um, and, um, and you know, Wagner describes it as um, adaptive um, transformation. And, and I urge anyone who, who um, either they've read it or um, they've um, not read it, um, to go back and read the Wagner review um, into NHS IT. Okay, so the politicians have changed a bit, and um, some of these structures have, but I still think that that remains um, uh, a, a really sound template for. Um, describing both the nature of the challenge um, and sending out some pretty strong recommendations um, on how to um, achieve it. Um, I mean, EPR is not the be-all and end-all, as, as I've, I've said, Hannah. Um, and, you know, we're, we're seeing lots of activity happening um, on, on digital 
um, in other areas. So virtual wards, for instance, um, is something which we're reporting on nearly daily initiatives around kind of virtual wards. Um, and um, I think, you know, a lot of people are pinning um, hopes to virtual wards helping kind of make a dent in um, elective recovery. Um, I mean, the, the workload challenges facing the NHS are um, enormous. Um, another one's caught my eye um, of late is um, we've been doing quite a lot of stories um, reporting on AI going from interesting postgrad um, research project to AI actually being deployed at some level of scale within um, NHS organisations. So, I mean, that's another kind of um, um, theme um, happening. But I suppose the really big one, the really big one is how are ICSs going to kind of um, change the picture? So, are ICSs and integrated care boards um, going to grab the reins on digital and really drive those kind of agendas of levelling up convergence um, and start to kind of shift priorities away from um, EPRs and much more into areas like population health management, disease surveillance, um, behavioural change kind of um, programmes. I think that that's for me the most interesting area coming up. Yeah, I definitely think we're going to have to do an upcoming news team podcast on ICSs um, and try and get our head around them because I know that there's integrated care partnerships, integrated care boards, there's kind of a lot of uh, sort of documents to go through so I think that's definitely penned in as a, as a future news team podcast. Um, I'm going to kind of now focus on going back to convergence and levelling up because Jordan I know that you've been speaking to a number of our network members and um, you've been very heroically um, interviewing all kinds of kind of from our um, AP, so our advisory panel. So I just wanted to see whether you could give us a bit of insight into what they've been saying ahead of um, hopefully a couple of your pieces being released in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, sure. First of all, it was really nice actually to virtually meet quite a few of them. So yeah, it was really good. And yeah, I'll start more with the, with the more positive views, I suppose. And the general consensus was, I think, most are in support of digital convergence and levelling up because, you know, still a number of trusts on paper number of trusts with lots of applications that don't talk to each other. Standardisation was generally seen as positive thing in order to promote kind of collaborative working. Some agreed that HIMS level five is the correct standard to aim for. Some not all, but some firmly believe that the EPR, EPR targets set were not too ambitious actually, and that they are achievable in that time frame. So different to probably what, what we believe. Um, but yes, there were gen generally quite positive views there, but it wasn't all positive. There were a fair few less kind of rosy views. I mean, one one member said kind of the way that our service runs in this country, it's inevitable that you have more than one system. Um, so, you know, one member said a utopian view of running everything from one system seems a bit of a, a far stretch from both from a capacity of suppliers and providers to deliver it and from a money sort of angle. Another said they agree with the broad concept of convergence, but kind of setting targets of x percentage in month x of year y that's you know there's a danger that we become focused on just the presence of an epr rather than a good quality epr um so yeah and a lot of people were waxing lyrical about hymns level five but at least one or two were not as warm towards it actually you know one said you know if you're not doing one thing in hymns level zero and um, then but you're doing everything else up to hymns level five you get graded at HIMSS level zero. So some were against that framework being treated as kind of project plans and targets as they believed that kind of a framework developed in abstract shouldn't be driving the investments of individual hospitals. So I thought that was interesting, the contrasting 
views of HIMS level five. Um, there's also a worry that kind of the focus on EPR levels is at the abstinence of everything else, as if it's the only problem that we've got in digital healthcare in England. Um, a fair few members made it clear that they don't think the EPR targets will be met at all in that time frame, as we've done on this podcast. I think it's aspirational and unrealistic, which is probably the truth, but I guess you never know. This kind of brings me generally actually onto NHS targets themselves. There was quite a clear contrast of views. Some believe setting targets was a good thing to promote productivity. It gives us something to work towards and kind of be motivated to achieve. But others were strongly against setting any targets at all. I said it kind of, they're very rarely met NHS targets in the time frame. Trying to achieve something at a certain time simply adds pressure. And as I've touched on, you end up being focused on achieving the task on time rather than to a high quality standard. So you're better off not having an ambitious deadline to try and meet. So yeah, overall, for sure, some contrasting uh, views on convergence and leveling up, generally more positive in terms of the broad idea, but a little more negative in terms of the way in which it will be done and how it will be achieved, particularly in a relatively short time frame. That's really interesting. I didn't realise that if you don't have one sort of um one of the kind of expected things to have hymns level zero, you just, if, regardless of what else you've got, your hymns level zero, that's that's really interesting. I find the whole accreditation system, it's, 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 it's fascinating what they have to go through and all the sort of processes and steps to, to go towards. But that all sounds really interesting, Jordan. So for those listening, um, Jordan's pieces will be hopefully published soon. So please do keep your eyes peeled and we'll promote it as much as we can across social medias. But um, yes, yeah, so there's some really interesting views there. Um, I'm kind of um, going to wrap things up in a bit, but I just want to say, John or Jordan, if there's anything else you wanted to kind of discuss before we kind of close things off. We've managed to go through the whole um, sort of um, podcast so far um, without mentioning Epic, which um, is in <laughs> many people, um, um, you know, levelling up um, and convergence, um, certainly kind of the mood music coming out of kind of NHS England and improvement is that those two are synonymous with epic um and um wh- whether it's actually kind of an accurate kind of representation of um, the situation there does seem to be a very favorable view about epic and an expectation that some sort of um, national or regional deal um with that particular supplier may be in the offing so um, i think that's getting a huge amount of interest um, whether it's true or not i cannot say um, but certainly there's a lot of speculation around that. Yeah, that's very surprising. But we did, do, I think we did a whole podcast on Epic. So maybe it's probably best we don't mention them too much for this one. So uh, I think we're going to have to wrap things up there. But before we sign off, uh, I just wanted to say that we are always open to hearing from your podcast suggestions, whether it's a topic or a person you would like to see featured on an episode. It might even be you. Um, we're always open to any ideas. Um, so please do get in touch um, with the news team. So you can do news at digitalhealth.net. If you've got an idea for us, please let us know. Uh, that's enough plugging from me, um, ironically, for the Unplugged podcast. So there is nothing else left to say other than thank you to both John and Jordan for joining me. Um, I hope, Jordan, that your first one was not as scary <laughs> and I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and thank you for joining us for the latest episode of Digital Health Unplugged. Thanks for listening. listening to Digital Health Unplugged. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favourite podcast platform. And to find out about our latest news and events, head to our website, digitalhealth.net.